Hey everybody, this is Simple Mini Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Welcome to Pick a Pit August. So yes. excited. This is week three, am I right? Week pick three. A pit. Pick a Pit. Yes. Three. Week you missed three. our earlier episodes, we did Fight Club and Bullet Train. Bullet Train, of course, is Brad Pitt's newest movie where he is on a bullet train. Pretty straightforward <laughs> title. So yeah, we're talking about Brad Pitt movies this month. Like we just said, we did his new one. And then we also each picked one of our own. David, you picked Fight Club. Yes. This week we're doing my pick, which is The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. A real mouthful of a title. Interesting story about it, too. Yeah. I don't know the story, so you'll have to tell that part. But I'll go ahead and, since it's my pick, I'll start with my thoughts. I, so I, I hadn't seen this before, which was one reason why I picked it. And I also picked it because I kept seeing it pop up in people's lists of best Brad Pitt performances. I actually saw that, I think it was New York Magazine named it. They ranked every Brad Pitt movie and they said this was his best performance. And I thought, okay, interesting. I want to see that. And it's also got kind of a Fight Club-esque background where it really took time to find a fan following. This movie is critically acclaimed, but didn't really do much in the box office and wasn't really even well-recognized at like industry awards as much as you might think. So I thought, let's try it. 2007 Brad Pitt, kind of a fun Western biopic, fantastic cast. You have Brad Pitt, you have Sam Rockwell, you have Paul Schneider, Jeremy Renner, Casey Affleck, and Gary Dillahunt. Who who is he? I know him. He he's was, the guy. Uh, he's the guy who shows up in everything, who's good in everything, but I never know his no, name. He played Ed Miller. What I said when he popped up on the screen. In this, in this movie, he played Ed Miller. He was the guy who was kind of sickly looking that Jesse visits first. And takes for a ride. But yeah, he's in Deadwood. He's in, what's that? Raising, Raising Hope. Jane. Raising Hope. Isn't that it? There you oh, go. the guy, the father in Raising Hope? Yeah. Yeah. The young guy? Yeah, no, not the, no, not the, the kid. Oh, not the, the younger guy, but his dad, I think. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That was, a, I'm glad we had that tangent. <laughs> we needed to figure out where this guy was from. We needed to gloss over Casey Affleck, even though. Yeah, I know, did, I he, know. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this movie. Too bad. So good cast, though. Of course, this movie is about the notorious Jesse James, the bank robber outlaw, train robber extraordinaire, and kind of his, in the last part of his life when he's got his James Younger gang and Bob Ford's eventual uh, joining of the gang and then betrayal of Jesse. So it's a really interesting real life story. So that's why I picked it. And I would say I liked it. I thought it was actually really good. I was. I'm, I'm surprised. You're surprised I liked it? Yes. Oh, I'm excited to find out why. Oh, um, I don't know. Is that, yeah. Go ahead. I was afraid of it because of how long it is, which is pretty reasonable, I think. It's like two hours and 40 minutes. But what? I thought it actually went along pretty well. I'll say that I'll be up front. My goal was to start watching this like Friday night and watch an hour or so and then pick it up in chunks over the weekend. But I ended up sitting and watching it through the whole way. So that says a lot about it and my attention span, I guess, more than anything. <laughs> but it was fun. Good performances, cool story, cinematography was off the chain. I wish Andrew was here for that because, of course. He, as the kids would say, I think Roger Deakins really went off on that one. Yeah, kicked off today. Yeah, really kicked off today. That's exactly what I was going for. So I liked it. I thought it was good. I'm glad I picked it. Who would want to go next? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You know, we don't have Andrew here to praise Roger Deakins, but there was some really cool, the movie has a lot of cool shots and a lot of cool camera work. and. He did this thing, which apparently he pioneered, which is they had some of the transitional shots of the film feature this sort of aberration on the edges of the screen 
which Deegan said they did to try to make it look like old time photographs that have that sort of like warbling effect because of how they, you know, how they were done. And then for it to like then set in and now you're in the picture. Now you entered the, you know, the photo, which I thought that was really good. I thought from a performance standpoint, this was a really great, really great role for Brad Pitt and Casey Alec and the rest of them. Most of them, it was from before they even kind of, I think, arrived at the, more of the mainstream even. This was long before, uh, isn't it Paul Schneider? Is it Paul Schneider? Is that his name? Yeah. This was long before he was Mark Brandanowitz. Mark Brandanowitz is the only thing I know him from. Exactly. And uh, and then, yeah, Sam Rockwell. I don't think Sam Rockwell is capable of being uninteresting. He was great in this too. I, I don't know if I terribly liked it that much, but that's not to say that I didn't think that the movie has a lot of merit and a lot of things going for it. It was a bit too long for me and a little bit plotting. And I think the second hour is better than the first, or maybe not even the second hour, but there was definitely a point where it picked up. All of a sudden, now we had a little bit of momentum going. It felt like the first bit of it, the first hour or so, was a little bit, it felt very like the story was very scattered. And then it started to like really hinge in on the story. It started to hint, you know, capitalize on this. It was, there's a long period where Brad Pitt's not even in the movie. So I was like, well, this is Jesse James and Robert Ford. And then there was this whole section where it was like Dick Little, Jeremy Renner, I can't remember his character's name, Wood Height, you know, going to visit his dad and stuff. And it was just all very, you know, scattered, it seemed like all over the place. But I do feel like that probably means it's a pretty decent adaptation of the novel it's based on. Because that's how books are. They just, you know, you just go wherever. Gary, what'd you think? Yeah, I liked, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it. I'm on the same lines of you, David. I'll get into the stuff I liked in a minute, but I didn't care for the pacing and the style itself. It felt like a movie that a substitute teacher would play in a social studies class in order to learn about the Wild West. You would That's watch, what it felt like. The, you and it's 20 not, minutes it, every it, day. Was, it was the pacing. It was the in and out narration of the old. Jesse James was doing the thing with the stuff back yeah. in the day. I, it just, it didn't work for me. I didn't like the style, but I liked the story. I liked the performance. There were moments that stand out that are so good. <clears throat> I love the line that Dick Little, whenever he said poetry doesn't work on horrors, it just makes me laugh because it's so rude and out of place, but it was really funny. The Brad Pitt, whenever he's bullying the child, is really intimidating when he's threatening to, to tear the ear off, you know, they have those moments that are just really good, but it is also like, uh, it's apt that it's about a train game because it is like you're going, you're chugging along and then it hits the brakes and then it stops and then it picks up and then it kind of goes along and then it stops again. And it did that several times and it took me out. So I just didn't care for the pacing, but I liked the essence. Of it. Yeah, it was the narration and the link and the sort of, I guess, warts and all portrayal of these guys, I think, that I thought would turn Josh off because Josh doesn't like narration. He's said that many times, I think. I you have. don't like soliloquies. And I don't. Um, and uh, and then also, it's very long and you're a short-ass movie kind of guy. Give me that um, short-ass movie. And, and I do uh, think that so, this would make a great miniseries because you can get then get deeper into some of You're always looking stories. for miniseries. I am. You make a, a two and a half guy. hour movie. You're trying to tell so many stories. Make a miniseries. Because by that, at that point in time, your movie's either too long and you're trying to tell too much story or you have too much content and you're not telling enough of the backstory yeah. that I don't care about. Yeah, you're a long form guy. I, I was kind of, I shouldn't have been. A movie that I'll compare this to is Gangs in New York. Hmm. where you have a very 
like it's ugly you know what these guys talk about and do like you know they're it's 1880s outlaws and so they say really awful things about women and they are all ex-confederates you know so like they're singing songs about how they hate the united states and you have you know they're, you know, one of a wood high Jeremy Renner's father is a, you know, ex-Confederate general and he still has, you know, you know, they still use racially charged language. So like they could have, but they didn't, you know, they really steered into the ugliness of what these characters were, as opposed to just making them these grandiose outlaw heroes that people thought they were back then. Jesse James was looked at as a Robin Hood like character, you know, attacking the, you know, what's apparently at any point in time, America has had a tyrannical government. So, you know, yeah, people are yeah, always right. looking it depends for, on who you ask. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I appreciate that. And that's why, I, that's why I think of like, it, it is like a lot like gangs of New York, especially when you consider too the relationship between Robert Ford and Jesse James, very similar to, to, oh shoot, Amsterdam played by Leonardo DiCaprio and Bill the Butcher from that movie. Although that has that sort of Scorsese pace. That's a long ass movie too, but it has that sort of, I don't know, zipping that Scorsese movies tend to have. So anyway, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. I got a text in the middle of that, but what did you guys think of that? I think, I don't know what you're asking us what we thought of, but I don't know. What did you think of, what did you think of this setting? What did you think of how the portrayal of the characters, you know? I mean, it, it seemed pretty honest from, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not an expert on these people's lives, who they really were and all that. I, it did inspire me to do a little bit of research afterward because I was like, is this, how accurate is this? And like, I was honestly shocked to find out that the Ford brothers really did like go on a countrywide tour reenacting the assassination and sold tickets to it and did it in theaters. That's bananas to me, but they did that for a long time yeah. until finally the crowd started to turn on them. Yeah. Um, because you know, at that period of time, that's such a fascinating period of time in American history to me because I don't, un it's hard for me to understand how we could literally be engaged in a civil war or be just out of one that we managed to coexist, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Especially when things feel so fraught today in real life. So that's just fascinating to me on its own. Yeah. So I it felt like, yeah, like you said earlier, they did not hide these characters, who, what they really were like. They were not great people. One of the first scenes we see where they're all hanging out in the woods, they're saying the most vile stuff. And that thing, I think they are talking about women in that one. Just vile. And like the violence is really graphic. The, like when, when they shoot Jeremy Renner, I jumped because that shot scared me. I didn't expect like, Bob to be able to be a dead shot based on the portrayal. Did not expect him to shoot that way. I had to laugh when he comes into the room. And they are all in a small bedroom, point blank shooting at each other. And like, not one of them hits one of them. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Paul yeah. Schneider gets hit in the arm. That was. <laughs> but like, you guys are point blank. What are you, stormtroopers? This is terrible. And they're like two feet away from each other. I know was... those old guns were bad, but dang. It, so in doing a little bit of research about the, the production of the movie, there does seem to be a weird disconnect. So the director, Andrew Dominic, which is also directing Blonde, which comes out this year with Ana de Armas as Marilyn Monroe, he wanted it to be a very contemplative, slow character piece. And if you would believe this, some of the execs at Warner Brothers thought it should be more of like an action-packed, you know, gunfights and saloon brawls type movie with all, you know, with, you know, it's Jesse James on it. there's one thing that is consistent so in life, it is to always question Warner Brothers. <laughs> so always this movie as you might see josh this movie was 
delayed for almost a year just in the editing process. They were trying to whittle it down and get something figured out. And I can say that uh, I obviously, I don't think action was a big priority for Dominic in this movie because like you said, the gunplay is not necessarily riveting gunplay. It's there literally to just to serve the story of what happened. Two guys shot at each other, one of them dies, you know, and it's not like an exciting gun battle that, you know, rages all over this house or anything like that. And that's, it is very interesting to see a movie go that direction to not have these great Wild West well, and gun battles. Jesse James is Sorry about is, breaking up there. Oh, you, you're, it's fine. Your audio actually stayed crystal clear, yeah. but your video didn't. So that's fine. Jesse James's assassination is pretty anticlimactic in real life. And that also appears to be how it happened. Jesse got up to adjust a picture on the wall and Bob shot him in the back of the head. Done deal. So yeah, it is like, do you take that and try to make it into something more exciting than it was? No. I think it hit better this time. Yeah, they really Jesse drew James out the emotion himself. of that scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you want, yeah, if there's more, go for it. He's a scary dude, Jesse James. Again, I don't know anything about him, but I thought Brad Pitt's portrayal made me want to know more about him. He was very intriguing. I think I was very interested in why was Bob Ford so interested in getting close to this guy but there was obviously some kind of charm about him and i thought brad i mean if brad pitt is nothing else he's charming he can pull that off in a lot of different ways he's charming when he's funny and somehow he's charming when he's scary like in this one because yeah that scene where he's basically trying to beat information out of this little boy without even allowing him to speak <laughs> is scary but i had the same thought as that kid i was like man you've got his mouth covered you couldn't tell you if you wanted him to i know you do it this is not how you torture someone I'm almost convinced this is so. There was a recent bullet train press scrub, you know, and someone asked Brad Pitt, what's the weirdest direction you've ever been given by a director? Like, what's the weirdest thing? And I'm almost convinced that it was this movie, this scene, this director, because he says, you know, that moment when a serial killer like chokes somebody and just before they die, they let them go so they can breathe again and then start up, do that. And Brad Pitt was that like, had to be that. Yeah. Huh? He's like, he's like, no, I don't know that, but I'll try to work on it. What? Do it to a kid. <laughs> it feels like if, if it's not this scene, I'm very curious what movie it would be. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Brad Pitt, I think this is a great performance by him. He's intimidating and he's charismatic. Yeah. He, but, like, and he, he really gets to be, become a character, I feel like, you know, a lot of, I, he does pretty good characters, but like, you know, it's always interesting to see how a, an actor portrays a real person. He really you know, disappears that, into it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't... This is the first time that I would say it's not Brad Pitt doing Brad Pitt. It is him being more of a character and trying to portray a person than... Yeah. He's good at it know. when he makes yeah. attempts. Because, like, I don't know, sometimes in recent years, I feel like uh, he's just doing another version of Aldo Rain. I feel like mm -hmm. after Inglorious Bastards came out, he really took hold of that quick-talking Southern guy thing. But... I mean, this movie came out first, but he was able to be scary Southern guy without being goofy type Aldo Rain stuff. So he he definitely has range that he can get pretty specific with, I think. So he's, yeah, he was really good. At That's no why we point was I like, oh, I am watching Brad Pitt doing a Brad Pitt thing. Yeah. That's why we talked about it last week. I would love to see him do something like a horror movie type thing where he's the bad guy, you know? It'd be cool. You don't and see so, him much in the bad guy role, to my no, knowledge. No, I mean, I even in this, where he is more or less the bad guy, he's still, like, not the villain. He's not he's, the bad guy. Anti -heroes. He's not the villain. He's the anti-hero. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, well, he's this, he's, in this type of movie, 
he's really comes across as like a force in nature because he has this bigger than life reputation that terrifies the people who work with him. They all want to be close to him, but they're all terrified of like, you get on Jesse's bad side, you're that's it. You're done for, you know? Yeah. So like, and he has several moments in this movie. This is where I liked the narration a bit because even though they were saying so much with just, you know, how they were looking at each other, there was, I don't know if these, if this narration is just pulled straight from the, like the book, but it was just really great classical descriptions. It felt, made it feel very, like it made some of these moments that we were watching feel bigger than life in a lot of ways. Like I... when he's describing Bob Ford wandering around the house while they're all at church, you know, it just well, felt that's... like. That's why I yeah. feel like the movie felt too long because they didn't need that. But I also feel like that's why I liked it for the purpose of it being a movie that you play in a social studies class on a movie <laughs> yes. day. I'm like, it's I mean, giving, yeah. it feels like it's giving you more of that history and that it's, but it's not also not necessarily like, I don't care about that, like, yeah, but it looks it good. Gives, it sounds good. It feels good in the movie the way that it works. Watch, so I get it. I'm not upset watch, about it. I just didn't need it. Yeah, you watch 20 minutes a day each day in Mrs. Sims class and. You know, by the end of this week five, you're shame. like, all right, we finally finished that movie. Yeah, in chunks, no. I think this movie would be good because it is that it is slow. And so, Josh, I'm, I'm also fascinated that I liked it. This yeah, way, I am too. I'm normally the same, but it just sucked me in. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a really riveting story. It's I feel just like it's kind slow. of, this, I think it's along the same vi of line as, oh, I lost it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But like it was long and meandered a lot, but I don't know. I was just into it. I was sucked in. And I think the world building, maybe I was just like. Okay, I'm yeah. interested in this. I'm it interested you in, in some of these. I agree with that. I didn't I mean, like everything. Was there. Like, I did feel like I don't need to spend this much time with Dick Little, but I could have done with less right, of him. You're right, right, though. The production level of this was great because the costumes, the sets, the environments fantastic. they were in, great. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They look really good, but... A, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I had another thing I was going to say. I think it was about Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, you were talking about how menacing he can be and how Jesse James is like this force. I was just going to reiterate, I think that's what made his death scene so powerful is that this great force was taken down with no, with really no effort. And something else I'd seen in my reading was that there, there is a belief that Jesse may have realized that they had come to betray him. And so he just kind of let it happen is a that's possibility. That's the way that I have felt because you, they talked about how often they don't, you don't see him without his guns on. And then he just was like, I, he made a big announcement of, I guess I'll take my guns off. So whatever. <laughs> And then just slowly turns and they made a big deal about not getting behind or like letting Jesse get behind you. And then he was behind. There was a, I think it was a, that's the way that it certainly made it seem. You know, I also was, read was like that he went and made that deal. Bob Forth went and made that deal with the governor. He didn't even get all the money. He didn't. Yeah. Ain't that the government for you? Gave it to the lawman. Didn't even give him the reward money. Yeah, no. Give it to the lawman. In case, they didn't do anything. In case you missed it there, you know. Bill Clinton's, what, secretary or something? Yes, yeah. James Carville. James Carville. I, I was like, he shows up in a lot of movies, y'all. You go look at his IMDb page, and I bet you'll be surprised. He weirdly shows up in a lot of movies. You need James to suck all your suck me right out. One of, the many, one, of life. one of the many strange people to pop up, you know, we also had a Buffalo Bill, a.k.a. General Bloodbath McGrath, as a, a sheriff a. that he was working Lee with. Lee Stottlemyre. Exactly. And then also, for some reason... Towards the very end of the movie, Zoe Deschanel just pops up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was a fun surprise. Like I, I said, like, I, and that was when I was picking the movie. I looked through the cast and I saw these names and I went, oh, I, this is a mixture I just got to see. Mm -hmm. Nikki says, as we're watching it, Zoe Deschanel's in this somewhere. And so I kept watching and I was like, where's she at? <laughs> Maybe she just does a song at the, in the credits or something. Or, right. And why is she credited on this film? And then, boom, there she is. 
four minutes maybe of total screen time and just, you know, does her thing. I also really do like the, I like the ending. I like the, how they describe, you know, Robert Ford's eventual demise. Yeah. That also felt very poetic the way they worked their way through that. I'm, I was thinking about the narration thing and I normally don't care for it. And there were moments I didn't in this one. I d- if a movie wants to open and close with it, I'm more okay with that. Because then it's more like a storybook type of thing. And mm-hmm. this definitely fits, can fit that bill. These old Western stories are kind of passed along like that. So I, underst- I can get by that. But it was the, when he would come, when the narrator would come back, kind of at various points in the middle, that's when it would suck me out. Mainly because I don't love a narration where I don't know who the narrator is. I feel like I want it to be a character. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was. I think he, I think this person is just narrator. So that bugs me. I don't love that. But yeah. yes, I thought that the way the narrator was used to tell the story of Bob's demise was nice. I liked that. Yeah. His eventual just kind of downfall. And again, that was another thing that seems to be as real life accurate as we know, where this dude walked in, said, hello, Bob, and shot him in the head. Yeah. And it's. Just the, and just the lead up to it, him talking about how, you know, the, how they, they showed all these examples of how Jesse James was treated after death, that he was like, mm. he became bigger in a lot of ways. They took photos of all, they took several photos of him after he died. They kept him on ice for like months after he died, just so people could come view him. Yeah. Creepy. People tried Creepy. to pay Barnum, money for his body. P.T. Barnum tried to buy the body so that he could take it on the road. You know, there's another guy who's kind of a scumbag of history, but you know, they <laughs> did gloss him up. Yeah, and The Greatest Showman, n- very fun, not accurate. Very fun, but it'd be like, you almost, I, we'll talk about that movie another day. We'll get to we it You almost somehow. have to completely divorce the idea that this was a real person from your yeah. head to enjoy yeah. it. Anyhow, all that stuff, and then just to throw it on its, throw it on the other end and just talk about how after Robert Ford died, like nobody, nobody cared. Nobody would ever pay 25 cents to see, you know see him see a picture of him afterwards or anything like that it was just really poetic ending this movie has kind of a lot of melancholy moments yeah so i think good pick josh i struggled to get through it but i do think this is a great movie that i think a lot of people should watch good i agree i'm glad wasn't my style but i really enjoyed it yeah yeah you know it's kind of that's another thing i was thinking you know this is not something we would normally gravitate toward i didn't think so gave us all an excuse to watch a new movie new to us anyway which i never hate that no, never hate that. Well, sometimes you might afterward, but <laughs> the movie's really bad. I want the idea I'm of it. Mad, I don't but I'd never hate the prospect of watching a movie I've never seen before. No, but so like I said at the beginning, this movie took a while to kind of develop a fan following. So why don't you tell us kind of how this movie fared in the box office, David? Because okay. it was kind of okay. I think a disappointment. We just got yeah. It was, morning, so perfect. Well, we'll get into, we'll get into, I'm not sure, sh- it can be called a disappointment, but I kind of feel like it's obvious why it was. By the way, a little detail is that Brad Pitt put it in his contract that the movie title not be shortened from the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. He put it in writing that the movie, I the title needs to say that. imagine the number of ways people tried to buy tickets for this at the box office. Oh, yeah. The names they came up there. with. Yeah, I want to see the Jesse James movie. I want to see James I want to see that coward, Robert Ford. I want to see just the assassination of Jesse James is also just, it's just a good abbreviator. Yeah. But anyway, this movie opened September 21st in 2007. Now, 
this movie never had, well, in, in any definition, a wide release. The most theaters it was, in fact, I think was around 300 across the United States. So there was never like a wide opening for this movie. So first weekend, it was in five theaters. It opened to $147,000, which was good enough to make the number 38 spot for that weekend. You know, another movie, other movies that were in the theater that week include Resident Evil Extinction, Good Luck Chuck, The Brave One. And I could hear Josh was muted, but I could hear him in Garrett's mic. That makes good luck, funnier. Chuck. Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> good luck, Chuck. <laughs> oh, that movie sucks. Four and the number four spot that weekend was 310 to Yuma, and uh, which is a movie I do want to check out. And number five, Eastern Promises. Just for the so that's a pretty low finish, five theaters. I did go ahead and look up the weekend that it was in the most theaters, and that was let me see here the weekend of October 19th, 2007. It finished in the number 20 spot with 500,000. $531,000. I'll get that out. I'm sorry. So it did eventually get up there, but it never had more, it never had more than a thousand theaters. So I don't know how you could really call it a failure when I don't feel like it was given much of a chance. The movie would go on to finish with $3.9 million in the United States, which is the 192nd best movie of 2007. Best movie that year was Spider-Man 3. Good luck. Followed by Shrek the Third, Transformers, Pirates of the Caribbean, at World's End, and Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Whoa, not my favorite list of sequels in that year. Ooh, I know. It was a rough year of sequels, and Transformers <laughs> came out. Other movies that came out that year, I Am Legend, The Bourne Ultimatum, National Treasure 2, The First Alan and the Chipmunks, and then 300. Ratatouille came out that year, too. I'll throw that wow. in there. Wow, was this just a bad year? Yeah. 2007, I think, was the last year before the box office, before movies changed, because in 2008, you would have Iron Man, The Dark Knight. Yeah, I know. We know that 08 really popped off, but 07 sounds like a slugger. It was, and it was also the year of Juno and Knocked Up. My wife's favorite movie theater movie, Wild Hogs, which she said mm-hmm. nobody got the name of right, Josh, to your point of people Hog not wild. knowing how to ask for movies. Yeah. Hog Wild, tons of different variations on that movie. Anyway. So uh, yeah, the movie would go on to finish with 3.9 million in the U.S., 11 million dollars overseas for a worldwide total of 15 million. So no, it was a bit of a box office bomb, but like you said, has picked up a lot of uh, critical acclaim over the years and was critically acclaimed at the time. It was a yeah, good it just didn't find its audience right away. That's and I'm not sure you how it could because there wasn't a lot of action, and I think people think about this and they think it's going to be action, and I think that. You get people excited about a Jesse James movie that's two and a half hours and you don't give them action. Back in 2007, they're not going to be happy. I want Transformers 3! Yep. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Okay. Well, well, that's all I have for the box office stats this week. So let's, shall we check out the letterbox? Yes, score. Please. I have not seen the score. Has, any, has anyone? Okay, then we can all play. Yeah. Great. I did do my usual thing of looking through the popular reviews to find anything funny. My favorite, or there's two good ones. Four stars. How did Brad Pitt not win an Oscar for this? At the Academy, I will see you in hell, bitch. (laughs) And then this one says, minus half a star for Jeremy Renner's singing. Even in the Wild West, that man cannot help promoting his music career. (laughs) But otherwise, they gave it full score. So they do seem to like it, though, overwhelmingly. So I'm interested to see what the score will be. I'm going to guess it's a, I'm going to guess it's a 3.9. That's a solid. Wow. So I want to go much lower. But 
I feel forced to. I'm not usually brave enough to go into fours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hover right there. I'm going to be the gatekeeper at the four territory. 3.6. That's a good guess. See, I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to go like a 3.3. 3. Okay. Let's see. We got a, a pretty decent range here of guesses. For us especially. For us especially. Usually we keep it within like 0.1 or 0.2 of each other. Okay. We have a direct hit sunk battleship today. 3.9. Yeah. David, right on the dot. I'd say right, it was. Right on the dot, oh. point nine from over 80,000 ratings. It's been a while since I feel like we've had a direct hit. I'll take it. It's been a little <laughs> while for a win for me as well. We've been kind of trading back and forth. Yeah, I feel good about that. 3.9, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to give it a four myself. I think this was a good movie, even though I didn't, I, I wasn't engaged the whole time. I do think that the movie has a lot of merit. I think most people would like it. So I'm going to give it a four stars. Yeah, I feel inclined to go along with you. I don't think I want to push it into four and a half territory. So I'm going to stick with four as well. I think that's fair. I'm going to be the opposite to an extent and only just, I'm going a three. And this conversation actually talked me up. So I was, I think the style more that's than why anything we do just it. really. Yeah, I think this battle more than anything really just kind of set me off. And I will say I watched it again today. So I, I watched it twice and I still felt that it was a little nice. slow the second round. But the, yeah, I'll go, you guys talked me up to a three. Well, I appreciate Sick. that. The goal of any good reviewer is to make you want to see a movie, even if you think it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Or at least help a person understand why a movie may be good, even if they don't like it. There's plenty know, of movies like I don't like or I don't like that are good. Oh, absolutely. And that's the hard part is trying to, you know, be, you know, try to be a little bit entertaining and dogging on a movie, but describing it well enough that somebody who likes that type of movie goes, oh, I kind of want to see that now. Yeah. There's also plenty of movies I like that are bad. Yeah. So go watch, you know, you know. I know they're bad. Okay. Oh, yeah. 2007. All bad. 2007 was a rough year. We could go keep going down this list. It's no. at, the, <laughs> at this point, we might need to have a 2007 bonus episode where we just kind of Look through that mess. Tough. Rush Hour 3. No. Fantastic Let's talk about next week two. instead of 2007 because we are continuing Big Pit. It's August. over, right? Is No. It... No, we got Garrett's pick. Got two yeah, no, weeks. I know, but I mean, it's oh, that's the end, right? Or is there two more? I think there might be more. another one. Oh, we're doing I think five? there's a fan pick, right? Yeah, there's a fan pick. We got it. So we got my pick next week. I can't Which I've gone back and forth on. It was at one point in time, Burn After Reading. At one point in time, Interview with a Vampire. At one point in time, it was going to be something completely different. I have landed finally on a movie. World War Z. World War Z, okay. This is a movie, I think we've seen a lot of chaotic Brant Pitt. And I think in this movie, this is one where he's pretty central and stable, and the movie around him is chaotic. And I think that is going to be the different kind of Pitt that we haven't seen so far. Okay, okay. And it's close to a horror movie. He's not the villain or the bad guy, but it's zombie-based, still kind of zombie-based. So it's very, from what I remember, it was very intense. I mean, that's a, no, that movie's straight up a zombie movie, isn't it? I think so. I that's think what the Z stands for. The Z thing, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a... Peter Capaldi plays Who Doctor yeah, instead of Doctor it's very Who. very good. Oh, does he play a Who Doctor? He does. He that's plays Who Doctor. That's his super official funny. Of, instead yeah. of Doctor Who. That would have been before he was cast, right? Yes, it was, it, it was yeah, way before. He was just, yeah, he's just, he's just a World Health Organization doctor. Yeah. And in the credits, he's, I think he's who doctor. If I were uh, him, that would be my icebreaker at every party I ever went to. You know, I played a who doctor, doctor before I played Doctor Who. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so that's what we're seeing for us. 
And also on the social media, we got a bunch of suggestions for pick pit fan suggestions. So we're going to be having those from the social media that you could vote for as well. So you will have a pick for us to after wow, a fan pick. What will they think of next? So minisequels.com. There are links to our social media accounts on the top of that page. And you can just search for us in whatever app you're using too. We're there. We're on all of them. TikTok, Instagram. I'm like melting my brain a little bit because I'm trying to reframe myself from saying Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because that's the natural order of things, but it's not anymore. Like Facebook no. is Twitter are down on the list. It's like we don't do TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. That's the order we should probably yeah. say it in. But we're on yes. all of those. So go follow us and subscribe to the show in your podcasting app of choice too. We'll be back next week with uh, another Pick a Pit August.